quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I'm always looking for healthy snacks for my daughters who are on the go. I need things I can quickly grab and be assured they aren't full of junk. Tosi gluten-free organic snacks are now in my car each time I pick up Pia from dance. She's always starving and these are the perfect little bars. Cashew is her favorite and I love the almond blueberry. Tosi snacks are healthy and yummy and even better, they are owned by a mother-daughter duo from right here in California. Check them out by clicking the link in the show notes and use Peace 20 for a discount. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. I want to talk today about the idea that when our children struggle, do we internalize it? Do we believe we aren't doing enough and why? And why is that uncomfortable sensation for our child so uncomfortable for us? And I think it all goes back to these societal norms that children can't emote. They shouldn't cry. They shouldn't be upset. They shouldn't show their disappointment. They should stuff their feelings basically, and they should be seen and not heard. And although we've come a long way from seen and not heard, it's still in our ethos. It's still in our fiber. And there's still a stigma around kids having a voice in our society. So when we see our child struggling, now we believe it is our duty to make that struggle stop, to get our child to be okay and to do whatever we can to have them basically stuff their feelings or to distract them out of their feelings. We even see like really young babies where adults will say, oh, hey, here, look at this toy. Or, oh, there's a birdie over there. Oh, oh, did you see the crocodile? And because we really want to distract our children from their feelings because those feelings make us uncomfortable. And I think they read this idea that we believe we're inadequate as parents because our child is having feelings or an upset. 
But if we really think about it deeply, upsetting circumstances and feelings and crying and tantrums and all of those things are normal. They are part of what make us human. There's a saying that says you have to have the white keys that go along with the black keys on a piano because they are what give us all of our feelings and emotions. We want our children to feel the breadth of emotions. We want them to be happy and sad. We want them to be disappointed. We want them to experience all of the things that make life rich. And trying to tamp those down for our children can give them this idea and this message that it's not normal to have a big feeling and that I should distract myself or I should try to make it go away because that way I'll feel better. But I find that the best way to feel better is to just go straight head into those feelings and just to face them straight on and to embrace them. Because when we do that, we allow them to flood our body We allow them to take over our entire being. And then we allow them to pass organically when they're ready to pass. We don't force them out. We don't distract them out. We don't push them down. We actually just let the natural flow of those emotions come through us. But we really fight against that because somewhere society has said, you should avoid the struggle. You should avoid the pain. You should be stoic. You should not show how you really feel. And then the extra layer in our society too is that we're told that we're not good parents unless our kids are quiet and well-behaved. And if we have quiet and well-behaved, then we're revered as these incredible parents. Oh my gosh, you're such an amazing parent. Your child's so well-behaved. They're so polite. They're so kind. They're so loving. They're so quiet. And is that what we want? Do we want quiet, well-behaved children that don't emote? And I think, yes, in a lot of ways we do. And that helps us feel settled and that helps us feel calm. And that helps us feel as if we're doing a good job as a parent. But I'm here to tell you that you're doing a good job as a parent, even if you have a strong-willed, boisterous, emotive child who's carrying on in the grocery store and kicking and screaming and laying on the floor you're still an incredible parent. You're holding space for that. Sure, your kid's having a hard time. Who doesn't have a hard time? We all do. I want to lay on the ground and kick and scream sometimes. I want to emote. I want to yell at the driver who cut me off in traffic because I had a bad day. I'm not fully regulated as a grown adult. How can we expect a child to be fully regulated? And why do we think that that is a sign of good parenting? And why do we take on society's idea that we aren't good parents unless we have well-behaved children and that we avoid the struggle to avoid the shame that society puts on us? So sometimes I would even, you know, make my kids, force my kids early on to stop emoting because it dysregulated me so much because I was so worried that other people would think I wasn't a good parent. So I would sacrifice the relationship I shared with my kids by yelling, by shaming, by punishing in order to get them to just shut up so that I could feel better about myself and so that I could see other people thought that I was a good mom. But in actuality, I was fracturing the relationship I shared with my kids and I was pushing them deeper into this misbehavior 
because I cared more about shutting down the emotion than I did about letting them have their feelings. And had I just sat next to them and let them have their feelings and bear witness to what was going on with them and been the kind, strong supporter, I would have realized, and what I do realize now is that it goes away. It actually goes away fairly quickly and they feel better. What I find too is that when kids have huge, big upsets, when they're allowed to fully embrace their feelings, And then they finally come through on their own without any influence from us, with just being there, they feel better. And that experience for us as as a child and a parent, that experience of bearing witness is connective because we've gone to war with our kids. We've stayed there with them when they're ugly, when they're hitting, when they're kicking and when they're rolling around on the ground and when they're totally, completely dysregulated, we've chosen to stay with them, to be by their side, to be their ardent supporter. And how do we suppose a child feels when we do that? I would, I I don't know how it feels. I don't know how it feels as a child because no one would ever do that for me. But I can only imagine that it feels incredible to know that someone is on your side so deeply that they will witness you having the biggest, most ugly emotions ever. They will not judge you. They will not distract you out of them but they will be with you in them. They will bear witness to them. And when they're all said and done, they don't come with a lecture. You can't hit, you can't do this. You were out of control. They just say, I'm right here. That looked like it was really hard. We're going to make it through. You're going to be okay. That is powerful. That is connection. That is where we want to go with our kids. Instead of trying to say that their struggle is somehow related to us, that we've done something wrong or we haven't done something right. And that's why they are having a hard time. That's just not true. Life is difficult and children will continue to respond to their environment through their emotions. We all do. And that's okay. But it doesn't have any reflection on what kind of parent we are. It doesn't have any reflection on what kind of child they are doesn't have any reflection of anything except for just let it be what it is. It's a dysregulated moment and that dysregulated moment can be cured or gone through or endured by using empathy and connection and bearing witness and staying by our child's side. That's what we're looking for because that is part of what connective parenting is. Connective parenting is a bunch of different things, but this is one major part of it. So when you say no to your child and they have the huge upset and meltdown because there's no more iPad time, just be with them. Bear witness to it. Say, I'm right here. I understand it's hard. You're not going to get any more iPad time, but I'm going to be with you in your feelings until the very end. And I'm not going to think that I've done something wrong or that you're bad for having a disappointment that's really big. We will get through this and you will come out the other side and I will love you just the same. We can do that to our child instead of taking it on personally and believing that it is our fault that they're having a hard time, that they're unable to process their emotions the way in which we think they should. If we can just take that piece out, that it isn't our fault and that it's okay for them to struggle and that struggle is so important, especially emotional struggle because it builds grit and resilience and it helps our children really learn that it's okay to be and have hard feelings and that you will recover. And I'm going to be here with you without judgment. Okay. 
that's all I have for today. I hope this was a little tiny nugget of, of helpfulness. I'm so pleased that the Peace and Parenting podcast is growing and we've got so many new listeners and I would love for the new listeners to leave a review or a rating. It would so help us stay in the rankings. We've been in the top 50 for the last month and a half and I'd love to stay there. And part of the reason that we've gotten there is because of all of these lovely ratings and reviews. So you could take a moment to leave a rating and a review wherever you listen. I would be greatly, greatly appreciative. Okay. Thank you for joining me on the Peace and Parenting podcast and I'll see you next time. My one-on-one parenting sessions are designed for us to dive deeply into your own personal parenting struggles. I wasn't being who I wanted to be as a parent. And I was often just really at a loss for what to do in situations that felt really hard. That's where we were when we started. We unravel those struggles using connection as opposed to resorting to punishments and threats and bribes. I teach you how to make that change. Myself and my husband like just didn't really know how to connect with our daughters. It was like a complete paradigm shift from what we were doing that was very obviously not working into more How can I be the best parent you need me to be in whatever situation we find ourselves in? Let me help you find more self-regulation so you can have the calm household that you always wanted to have. And now I'm like, duh, I learned this sooner. Become my private client today to find more peace in your household. Go to courses.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions to find out more information. Well, I'm so glad we found you. Thank goodness for Instagram. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.